Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 38 through 41, and a little bit of 42, in Season 3, Stardust Crusaders, Battle in Egypt. else around here has it they actually sell uh at work out of the vending machines for like relatively cheap this big um it's like a turkey melt so it's got like the the bread's got cheese baked into it and then it's just a whole bunch of cheese over turkey with aioli does sound good it is it is amazing it is really really good like way better than food out of a vending machine ever should be Okay. Like a a vending machine. Well, I mean, like a vending machine sandwich should not be that good of a sandwich, but like whenever it's there, I need to buy it because it gets, like, it sells out really fast. Hot vending meats. Yeah. I love my meat vended to me. Speaking of vended meats, this is Stand to Deliver, a JoJo podcast. That's right. I'm I'm Larry Davis. Shut up! And I go first. No, we had agreed I go first this time. Fine. Fine. So we can talk. Okay, fine. That's right. I have control over this podcast now. Yeah, Me! Whatever you want. I will. Thank you. This is Stand and Deliver, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Podcast. Okay. I am George Brundle, your host. I'm joined by my friend. Say your name. Who? You, your name, what's your name? Larry Davis is See, joining you, you me. You don't like it when someone else does it. You think <laughs> it's a hoot when you do it. I don't know, I still think it's pretty funny. And uh, this time we watched <sighs> RoboCop 3. I didn't, you did. Yes, I, I did, regrettably. Uh, bad movie. Yeah, I've seen it... Uh... Enough to know that I don't want to watch it again. Uh, I got about 20 minutes into it thinking, like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, man, people have been, like, just trashing this thing more than it probably deserves to be. And then it just... Wait, isn't the very beginning of it, like, the introduction of the hacker kid that befriends Ed 209? It is, and that stuff's bad, but it wasn't as like as bad as I thought it was going to be. The way that people have talked about that movie... For as long as I've heard it talked about, I thought it was going to be way worse than that from the instant it started. No. Uh, but People it definitely does. So badly that you also thought as an extension that RoboCop 2 was bad. Yeah, I did. Uh, but it does get to that point. Like by two thirds into the movie, for about 20 minutes, I just went into the other room to do stuff. And I don't think I actually missed anything. Probably not. 
Unless you missed the part with the jetpack guy that sword fights Robocop. No, I saw that, but... That's like the only good thing in that movie. And it's also not good. There's actually... There's a few brief flashes of, like, the subversive Robocop. Like, the the one and two style humor. Like, when in OCP, everyone's kind of freaking out because the company's going under... And there's just a dude who's like preparing to jump out of his window, and there's a video call where his wife's just like, "Oh, other comp like companies go through this all the time. It's nothing to worry about." And then it just cuts to a car pulling up outside of OCP, and a body just dropping on the left hand <laughs> side of the screen. <laughs> like oh, I thought okay. that was pretty. Yeah, like that was fine, but then like they stretch the joke out, so like Johnson and. What's his fucking face? This dude who you think is going to be like a, a villain for more of the movie than he actually is, are like talking about how that guy just committed suicide and everything. And it's like, no, just like let it rest at him jumping out the window in that shot. Like, that's all that should be. Yeah, you never got a follow up on the rapist who Robocop blew the balls off of. <laughs> well, no, not until Fatal Farm made that video. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, even then, that didn't follow after it. That was. Yeah, I know, but still, it was like five solid minutes of that dick exploding from different angles. <laughs> that was multiple other dicks, too. Like, Robocop <sighs> just shot the dicks off of everybody. There's there's a short bit, though, where that, that specific scene actually peaks again for a moment, uh, where that shit-eating character, the one you think is going to be a villain, I can't remember his name, because it's not really important and I don't care, uh, he gets fired by Rip Torn, and so he just turns oh, around, pulls right. a... I forgot yeah, he just pulls a... in it. <laughs> yeah. He just pulls a gun out of his pocket, sighs, walks out of the room, and then you hear a gunshot in the distance. <laughs> and there's a few there's a few good bits where it's like, okay, this seems like Robocop, but for the most part, fuck. Man, they killed off also, Nancy Allen. Yeah. Also, not only is Rip Torn in it, uh, Bill Dotrieve is yep. in this movie. Steven Root. Uh, and uh, Kruger from Seinfeld is in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually is like a fairly major character. Hey, Kruger, my son tells me your company stinks. It just occurred to me. A, it just occurred to me the window. other day. Uh, Jerry Stiller's still alive. So, uh, think Betty White's gonna live longer than him? N- uh, no. Yes. Yes. That's prob- live longer yeah. than him, yes, I think so. Look, I've made a lot of bad bets, I don't think I'm gonna take that one. Uh, you still owe me for the last one. Yes, uh, the new volume is not out yet. Uh, and I do not have the money to even buy it for myself at the moment. When I buy it for myself, I will send you a copy as well. Okay, I will. Okay. I will seriously. I was. I know that, that I. No, I understand, and I was joking when I said that. But if you want, I will seriously honor that fake bet, and I will buy you that book. No, I don't care. I'm not desperate. Okay. All right, <laughs> dude. If free book were offered to me, I would take it. Desperate or not. I know that's you. You're desperate. Uh. Yeah, okay. I am. Anyway, we didn't just watch RoboCop 3. 
Well, I you didn't watch RoboCop 3, nope. period, because you're smarter than me. I'm a smart boy. That was my whole weekend, by the way, was watch RoboCop 3 one night, and then the next night, find a fucking roach in the kitchen. Great couple of days off. Uh, I watched Jackie Brown and Rush R40. Yeah, and you ate duck. You had, like, a way better couple of days than I did. You're not wrong. Oh, man. I really hope this weekend doesn't suck. Like, uh, that's but actually the reason I episode. thought about Jerry Stiller was because he appears in, like, an interstitial thing in that Rush concert. Like, he, he wakes up, he's like, Ah! I had a nightmare about Rush. And he's wearing a Rush t-shirt. <laughs> Look, Rush is this. really good. Yeah. It, it's well, it's uh, Okay, I'll just send you a link to it cuz it's weird. Okay. We need to talk about JoJo's bizarre adventure though. That's a good movie. We need to talk about JoJo. It's where JoJo he, uh, he took a bow and arrow to school and he shot his classmates and Tilda Swinton's like, "We have to talk about JoJo." Oh no. Now everyone in the school is going to have stands. Oh no. Okay, what about uh pet pet uh pet shop Guardian of Hell? Yes. Uh so episode. we open up on Ponref. So I already know that this is going to be a good episode. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's him uh, yeah, him sitting on steps. Uh, yeah. with a blanket uh, beggar, over his head. Sure. Uh, beggar comes up and accuses him of stealing his, like, panhandling turf. And so they kind of get into it, and, like, Abdal shows up, and he reveals that there's, like, this intricate, like, network of professional panhandlers in Cairo. And, like, the one thing you do not do is sit down on their turf. Did you look up to see if this is real, by the way? I did not. Okay. I just, I'm wondering. I sort of I sort of just assumed that it might be because Iraqi would have like heard about this somewhere. Like did a mild amount of research just to confirm that it's real enough and then put it in. Probably. That seems like an Iraqi thing to do. Uh also, uh I didn't question it much because there was sort of a thing like this when I lived in Oregon. Really? Yeah, it was that specifically they would go and panhandle, but they would always shift around this same exact dog so they could get sympathy. And so you would just see this same white dog, like, float all around town between different bums. Oh, and it just, okay. Does the dog and have, it, like, three legs or what? No, it was just, it was a very specific breed and, like, had a very specific look to it. I just remember it being, like, a kind of big dog with white fur. Oh. But, like, you would just, because there were, like, a lot of beggars floating around that town for whatever reason. Uh, and, like, you would just see that dog bounce between them. So it seemed like they were, co like, coordinating this thing, like, okay, you get this dog on this day at this time. Because, like, I guess people will feel more sorry for you and pay you more money. Weird. Yeah. So, like, sure, I could see, like, an actual professional ring of beggars existing somewhere. Like, why not? I guess so, yeah. Uh, honor among hobos. Right? Sure. 
I don't think these beggars, though, would then throw off their rags to reveal zoot suits. <laughs> and a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. So Abdal pays this guy some money. He's like, okay, uh, we're looking for this mansion, uh, but you being, like, a, a professional beggar, like, you know these streets, so go find it for us and we'll make it worth your while. And that's when he takes the rags off to reveal he's fucking rich. Uh-huh. It's in his Cadillac, and he's like, two hours, three hours tops, baby. His, I'm his car it. looks like Wario's car from Wario Land 3. <laughs> he's not that far off from Wario, like, in general. Yeah. It's a weird little short dude. Mm-hmm. He's gonna end up having people make games for exposure and <laughs> profiting off of him. Well, well no, he's not, because he's gonna die very, very well, soon. yeah. <laughs> He didn't but, um, do too well at Pet Shop's Ice minigame. No, he waggled when you should have swiped, really. It's his fault. Yeah. You know, you, you die in the micro game, you die in real life. So Wario yep. uh, heads off to find Dio. Yeah, uh, and then near Dio's mansion, uh, totally not trying to find Dio, is Iggy. Iggy. Iggy, he's just being a dog. Just wandering around. Yeah, doing what dogs do. Like two other dogs that like uh, run up to Dio's gate and get sucked under the gate and <laughs> ripped to pieces and there's blood everywhere. You know, dog stuff. Remember how, I think it was even just last week I told you, I remember at least two other dog deaths still to come. And uh, here you go. Yeah, uh, it gets worse later, but yeah, they uh, they get pretty fucked up yeah and then uh sitting above the gate is a sick bird called pet shop oh i love pet shop such a good name too Mm-hmm. I like you gotta go with a music reference for an animal pet shop's pretty good i mentioned uh to you offline that i was replaying um some of jojo's bizarre adventure eyes of heaven uh which is a really bad game but i wanted to try it out again just to See if it was as bad as I remembered, and, uh, yep. But Pet Shop in that is named Animal Shop. Uh, Which, come on, guys. You could do better than that. Yeah, they can. Like, is, is, uh, not Captain Tennille in that? No. Like, in any way, shape, or form? Okay. I didn't know if that was, like, one of those... Like how in the Dragon Ball games, eventually they just have one that was like, all right, literally every character is in this game. I mean, this is about as close as you can get, really. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, um, I'm, I'm... Mariah is in it as a playable oh, character. I have seen enough of it to know that there is like a surprisingly deep roster and that thing. I just did not know how deep it got. Yeah. So. It's a lot more than we're in um, All-Star Battle. But it's also a much worse game, which is astonishing considering All-Star Battle is also not good. Well, I mean, that Dragon Ball game that included every single character was also bad. It's almost like um, if you try to make a fighting game and you bloat the roster up real big, it doesn't was, always translate so well. That Dragon Ball game was better than either of these JoJo games by a I, wide I, margin. I, I, I'm not saying it's worse, I'm just saying it was also not a good game. Uh, it okay. was it was not a 
it was not a good game. I played that thing. It was not a good game. It was okay. Super 17 in that had a thing where he could just infinitely fire bullets. Yep. And it would just get you locked in a knockback, and you would just win every single time as mm-hmm. Super 17. Also, and so but it'll... I insisted that... I insisted my my friend always played Super 17. I was like, you need to stop because, like, no one can beat this guy. He's just busted. He didn't believe me. So I was like, all right, fine. You pick anybody else. I'll pick Super 17 this match, and we'll see how you like it. And I wiped him the same exact way, and then he agreed to not play Super 17 anymore. It's like playing as the monkeys in Time Splitters. <laughs> yeah. Did you see um THQ Nordic bought the rights to Time Splitters and uh no. Second Sight? No, I hope they do something interesting with that. Yeah, me too. Neat. Anyway, Pet Shop. <laughs> Good input. He's a neat. <laughs> yeah. Good. All I got to say about that. Uh so Pet Shop also That's spots all the All I have to say about that. <laughs> Pet Shop uh, spots Wario in a sick ride and explodes his whole damn body with a massive icicle. Yep, just shoots a giant icicle right at him. Shoots up, gets a hole through the car, and he just it messes he's him up. He's obliterated. Yeah, no, he's like gone. There's nothing left of him. Nope, nothing to identify. Uh, also, Iggy can talk now. He has little internal monologues, and his voice is adorable. I don't like Iggy's voice. I, li- I like it. I feel like, considering Iggy is a small dog, his voice should be, like, crazy deep, like, to make it funnier. Like, he should sound that, like Jotaro. That would be a good way to go about it, but I do like the sort of, like, he's got, like, a little boy's voice. Yeah. Which I think also works just fine. It's um, fine, but um, again, it's just sort of thing where this whole time, that's always how I imagined his voice sounding. Because to me, it made mm. sense that Iggy would be like a tough guy dog despite being small, and so of course he would be like, Yo, I'm Iggy, get out of my way. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I would really like if in the English dub they specifically went with like a Brooklyn accent or something like yes, that because that's exactly. like where they caught him. Yeah, but like you can't quite do that in Japanese, like the Brooklyn thing, which is specifically like what I would want out of Iggy's voice. So, uh, but we start to get like some more direct so this also like i didn't think that they would go this route i kind of thought like these two episodes iggy vs pet shop would be like not dialogue heavy at all like this would just be you would sort of get what you needed to get from the characters expressions and that was it nope not at all the case because you just got like iggy is very open about like what his motives and everything are he's like i do not care about dio i don't want to be in egypt i just want to like chase tail and like loaf around and like man fuck the joe stars i'm not fighting this dumb bird i don't want to do anything yeah but i do like that you get a glimpse into iggy's uh state (laughs) of mind and it's just like i don't care about any of this i'm just going to act like a stupid dog so he doesn't think anything's up with me and i'm getting out of here (laughs) yeah 
And it almost works. Like, Pet Shop is kind of staring him down, like, not quite believing this. But then, like, an oncoming car is right in Pet Shop's... I guess it's going to hit Pet Shop. It's driven by George Costanza, and so Pet Shop is not moving. And, and speaking of uh, a lot of internal dialogue, this guy driving the car has a lot to say. <laughs> oh my god, there's a bird in the middle of the road! Oh my god, it's not getting out of my way! I can't oh stop no, I'm time. going to hit this bird! <laughs> just keep saying all of this and then pet shop zooms underneath the car and flies away and he like stops the car gets out he's like that bird it it didn't run away from the car it went right towards it also went under it even though the car is this slow how could it be oh well well that's all i have to say about that and, and then he gets all in the car. i have to say about that and then he gets in the car and leaves yep Oh man, so Iggy's pretty stoked because he doesn't have to deal with his bird. Uh, and then a kid shows up looking for his dogs. <laughs> and this kid, like, he turns to Iggy and says, Hey, have you seen my dogs nearby? <laughs> like, he expects a response from this dog. And even Iggy is like, Are you stupid? I'm a dog. You think I'm going to talk yeah. back to you? Yeah, uh, Iggy writes this off as not being his problem as the kid discovers, like, his the, the collars to the dogs under the gate and starts, like, crawling under the gate, which, bad idea. Mm-hmm, and then uh, that, that's um, when Iggy's like, oh, boy. Yeah, I might have to do something about this. Um, this is how I know I got switched back to the uh, uncensored versions. Oh, because uh, the kid gets to see his dog's heads ripped off and Pet Shop just pulling an eyeball out of one of them. Yep. And then, like, mashing the eyeball up and, like, gurgling it in his beak and then <laughs> swallowing it. Yep. They, they really went for it. Pet Shop is very cool. <laughs> Even though with the censoring in this part, I actually didn't think it was that bad. Uh, you could still definitely tell what's going on in it. It's not as oh, you weird mean... of a blob as with previous ones. I was going to say, you don't mean that they didn't put like a big black blob there, and then also Jotaro shows up smoking a cigarette with a blob over his face? No. I'm here too, Yara Yara Daze, and then he leaves. <laughs> It's me, Yara Yara Daze. It's me, Jotaro. I'm here. He said it. He said the phrase, everyone. That's me. It's like that episode of The Simpson, Simpsons where Bart's uh, catchphrase takes off. You mean El Barto? Sure. I think that was like the episode with the weird like SUV ad that crusty or someone does too oh um what Sh chevrado or something so yeah and then it's that Colorado. good bit at the end where where bart is or it's like someone's trying to talk talk bart up by going like you know hey you're more than just like a catchphrase we Canyonero. all are. it's canyon yeah canyon uh but he's like talking about going like you know we're all more than just catchphrases you know there's like some depth to depth to us and then like Homer does his dough thing, and then it just starts making the rounds of every single character's catchphrase. Mm -hmm. Like Mr. Bird's just walking into the house and saying, excellent. Sure. Ah, oh, Simpsons used to be so good. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was. So, uh, Pet Shop does a sick kick. Just kicks his kid out of the way so he doesn't get eaten by this bird. Mm -hmm. And then he starts yelling at the kid, going like, Oh, you gotta get out of here. This is the bad, bad bird. This bird's real bad. Go get out of here. Get. Like and then it's just it, this. It, it cuts to like the <laughs> the actual perspective of what's happening. He's just going like, rawr, 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 rawr. but he's also like barking in a way that articulates it, so you can tell it is a translation of what he's saying. In yeah. like, it's it's real good. It's a real good cut. And the kid just sort of like nodding and going like. Uh-huh, yeah, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going. I mean, I mentioned that before, how I liked how it was obviously just a person making dog noises for previous yeah. episodes. I still like how he sometimes says his own name like a Pokemon, and I kind of wish that he kept doing that. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, Pet Shop starts like freezing the ground around Iggy and it locks his paws in place and then shoots icicles at him. But uh, the fool, just to remind everyone, because it's been a while since we've seen it, uh, can, it's made out of sand and so it can sort of shape shift and uh, form a barrier in this case, like an igloo around Iggy. The fool's kind of a bad stand, really. Like, it doesn't have a whole lot of uses. Um, yeah, which is funny because Abdul like super talks it up. Yeah, I mean it's cool that it can shape shift and everything, but mostly he kind of just uses it to make barriers, and that's not super useful. Yeah, Iggy's not very offensive. Uh, he's I don't know. more did about you, like did you see when he grabbed on Polnareff's <laughs> <Pilner F's> face and farted. <laughs> um. The the thing that I do think is actually fairly powerful about it is if it's damaged, it just being sand, it flakes away. So hurting the stand doesn't seem to actually hurt Iggy. True. But that is also part of what makes it so much more of a defensive stand. Yeah. It's good for um, distractions. Yeah. Because, uh, like, there's not a lot of fighting in this at first. Uh, Iggy manages to, like break free and most of this episode is just Iggy running away mm -hmm. with occasional like, cuts whole... to uh, the Stardust Crusaders just like man where'd that beggar go yeah, yeah he's kind of taking a while you know, I think he took our money and just like left dude. well later Abdul is like oh wait a second we had him go seek out the lair of a powerful vampire maybe that wasn't <laughs> a great idea yeah, Abdul piecing together like, yeah, he might be dead. It's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, probably. Oh, I think I just sent someone to their grave. Whoops. Whoops. I'll, I don't think I'm getting that money back. <laughs> you loot his wrecked car. <laughs> yeah, he must have put it in the glove box or something. Oh man. Uh, so there's um. Why do I have a... um written down here hashtag just earnest things? 
<laughs> I don't know. Probably because we've brought Ernest up in like the last, I don't know, three episodes. Oh, right. Okay. You got some Ernest Continue. thoughts for me? No, not really. Rank your top three Ernest movies. We've already done this. It's uh, Goes to Jail, mm-hmm. Saves Christmas, Scared Stupid. All right. I just wanted to make sure that you were consistent. I need some Johnny Come Lately Ernest fan over here, just all wishy washy with their favorite Ernest. I've been an Ernest fan since I was a young child. That is true. You're Ernest about Ernest. That's a good time so, to be a fan of Ernest because you don't realize how bad the movies are. Yeah. Turns out the only good time to be a fan of Ernest is uh, the early 90s while you're under, I don't know, 10 years old. Yep. It's never been a better time to enjoy an Ernest movie. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Yeah, the only thing that existed with uh, Ernest in it for adults was that one movie I don't remember the name of where I think he was naked and covered in oatmeal and screaming about something. That's Existo, where he's yelling about getting a whiff of ribald pussy and then get shot in the eye. (laughs) glad you remember so much more of that than i do so it's a real trip that movie it's terrible wow what about the episode Uh, of roseanne where he was like a rich prince that married jackie or wanted (laughs) to marry jackie himself from the sounds of things uh iggy jumps down a sewer pipe and uh, thinks he's evaded Pet Shop, but uh, nope, Pet Shop's in there with him. The bird is inside the sewers. Pet so, Shop uh, is coming from inside the sewer. Oh no. Uh, Iggy uses uh, the fool to basically make a fake version of himself, or well, more specifically his head, so it makes it look like he got decapitated. Uh, but then Iggy appears behind Pet Shop and slashes this bird's chest open. Mm-hmm. And then he is like, hey, truce, like I hurt you, you know, I'm capable of hurting you. You're definitely capable of hurting me. I seriously do not care about Dio and I want nothing to do with this. So, like, let's just walk away. Uh, Pet Shop either does not care or doesn't understand Dog because he just starts freezing the entire sewer. Yeah. And also brings out his actual stand. Oh, it looks super gross. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nasty ass stand. Horus is the stand. Mm. I mean, what else would it be? So, I mean, Iggy's Isis? Gets... Oh, yeah. Ibis? There are a lot of bird gods in Egyptian true. lore. So, Iggy's foot gets frozen again. And Pet Shop launches an attack that seems like it's definitely going to connect. And that's the episode. Yep. So tell me, George, what does Suda say about this? Well, first we got to go into the manga anime differences, of which a citation is needed. Okay. Thank you, Wikia. You did it again. And because, like, that volume of the Jujonium is not out here in the States yet, this is a case where I can't tell you, like, what the differences are. So that's cool. I don't remember anything being different here. 
but it's been a while. Soon, it says. First, I must say that Pet Shop is bloody terrifying. Oi, mate. He has no line. Oh, <laughs> Oi, mate. Oh, gov. That Pet Shop say, is right bloody terrifying, he is. Pet Shop's bloody terrifying. Oh, pip pip. Shim shree. Then he clicks his heels, and he slides up through a chimney. Who knew Suda was actually a British chimney sweep the whole time? <laughs> well, me. He has no me. lines. But I find that it only reinforces the terror he inspires. And all the chase scenes with Iggy only shows us how merciless he is. Surely because he is a bird of prey. Mr. Suzuki was in charge of the storyboard, on which he had shown a lot of ease conveying his intentions to the animators. The exposition frames, usually numerous in a classical storyboard, were so much rarer in this episode. <laughs> Horace, pet shop stand, allows him to manipulate ice. It's really pretty once colored on screen. It's interesting to note that Kinta Memoro? Memoro. <laughs> Hold on, let me back up. It's interesting to note that Kinta Memoro, our action easy, animation it? director, that's close enough, went, <laughs> went to his. Damn it. Uh, animation director went to a zoo in order to gather data and study the movement of falcons and eagles. We bought a zoo! Awesome. Tossing dog heads in there. Just, you know, really getting it from all angles. Seeing what happens. It's, uh, it's thanks to this that we'd managed to create a high-quality pet shop. <laughs> Littlest pet shop. <laughs> Who immediately looks menacing. Because he has no voice, we had to use sound effects. These computer-generated screams fit the animal very well and only increase the terror he exudes. Okay. That's what Suda has to say. I just wanted to try it once. I wanted to know what it was like being Suda's mouthpiece. <laughs> I think you're better at capturing his laughter than me, though. You stare too long into the Suda. The Suda stares back at you. Yeah. The mist clears! And only Iggy's foot remains. Yeah. Uh, I Which thought first, this actually was... Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, at first it makes you think that it's another fake made by a stand. But no, nope, yeah, it's exactly. his real leg. <laughs> yeah, he just he bit that fucker off. Uh -huh. uh, and he's hiding underwater now uh, with his stand, again, in sort of like an igloo shape uh, to create shelter. Uh... And I would like to bring something <laughs> up here. He's yeah? here, he's underwater... In this uh, stand igloo, and he is bandaging up his leg. Yeah, I don't know where he got that bandage. Especially because later on, so skipping ahead, Kakuin says, like, uh, oh, Iggy was treated by a Speedwagon Foundation doctor, just like they did for my eyes. And wh when? Where did that happen? I, I don't know, because he was also found by that boy, and so initially I yeah. thought it was like the boy patched him up. And then he just wanders back, and he is uh, all beaten up still, with the same bandages yeah. on his leg. He looks as if, though, like the boy saved him, and then he hobbled off out of the boy's care to be found by the group, 
and then Kakuin just shows up. Yeah. Anyway, um, we get a really, really good bit here where, like, Iggy's like, yeah, birds can't swim, so I'm fine. And then Pet Shop swims. <laughs> he dives in, and we get this really dramatic narration explaining the physiology of birds and how much air they can store in their lungs and how this not only makes them so, like, um... So it, able to adapt and survive in like high altitudes, but it also allows them to dive. And so, I'm like, not so like sure a, about this. Me either, but it is still great just seeing this bird just plunge into the water like a torpedo. Yes. Well, to be specific, I don't doubt that they can dive for short distances, but seems like as deep as he goes, the issue would not necessarily be breathing underwater, but being able to get back up to the surface and fly out. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's an anime. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Pet Shop, uh, he punctures like the igloo with his icicle which causes it to like start to flood and uh the fool starts like bouncing some of them back and it damages one of pet shop's wings it's like he's definitely not going to be able to get up after that yeah it's like a straight up hole right through it yeah uh and then like the ice that puncture starts to spread because the coolness of the water is making it all freeze over which i don't think they're actually deep enough for that to work yeah it Egypt is a pretty warm climate. They're not yeah. that far underwater. It would have to be like below 30 degrees to freeze, and I don't think it would be that cold. I mean, he does also mention like it's not regular ice, it's super That's ice. True. That's yeah, it it is a stand. So Well, I think it's specifically uh, it's like, I don't know, maybe absolute zero or something, because uh, Iggy just kind of touches the ice briefly at one point, and he says like it completely took like the skin off of his paws. Oh, so. that's right, he does. Yeah. All right, never mind. Uh, and so Pet Shop starts charging up like another ice attack, and uh, oh no, what I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, Iggy has to like start Fine, digging it's under. Skip ahead all you want. Kakyoin shows up and he's just like, just I have. Kakyoin shows up and he's like, my precious eyes have been fixed. <laughs> my eyes. I got my, my six shades. I can see better than all of you now. Medical science see. has made me powerful. I can see everything. <laughs> but okay, yes, ice attack. <laughs> he takes the glasses off and he's just got googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not held in by any tendons or anything. They're just bobbling and weaving around in there. They say, Kakuin, are you blind? <laughs> or are you deaf? And he says, no, quite the opposite. I'm all ears. And he takes off the sunglasses and he just has ears where his eyes should be. Oh, God, no. Oh, that's Eric like Andre. my number... It's like my number eight fear. What? Being all ears. Oh. Just ears in general. Ears are disgusting and I'm terrified by ears. You'll never know if I'm joking or not because I'm scared of really stupid shit. 
You've already told me in the past that you're really creeped out by uh, earlobes that are attached to the head, which is strange to me. Yeah, because they don't have any business being there. Like, yeah, I, but... I keep feeling that is, like, you should... Well, then you need to have, like, a surgery to, like, <laughs> dislocate them from the side of your well, head, bud. We went deeper into this, and it turns out that that isn't actually what you have a problem with. You have a problem with the ones where it's like there's no earlobe, and it just, like, goes directly yeah. into the head. Yeah, where it's like the skin is stretched too thin, and that's the... But, like, the thing about the human body that freaks me out even more, and I'm surprised this isn't what you brought up, is kneecaps. I don't... I can't keep track of... Man, I think kneecaps like are fuck... so gross. They're they're so hard and lumpy, and the way that they shift and everything, like, if you just put your palm onto your kneecap and, like, bend your leg, it is the grossest feeling that your body is capable of producing. Your head is a fucking haunted house, man. I don't know how to deal with you. You're just... It's a real, it's a real carousel of nightmares up there, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this dog's digging underground, uh, just scraping his stump against all this, like, mud. And he's like digging on through and he thinks he's going to be fine. And then, oh no, Pet Shop. <laughs> I love just this shot of Pet Shop just staring blankly at him. Yeah. And then just so, his uh, mouth opens and he starts forming an icicle in it. Yeah. He starts charging his laser. Yep. Shoop, shoop, da whoop. Yeah. Only people older than, like, 25, I think, at this point, would remember that thing. It's it's yeah. old, man. It's old. So I mean, it was around when 300 came out, because there were a lot of mixes oh, yeah. of, like, Sparta and that. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Iggy decides to compress the igloo, which propels him forward to, towards Pet Shop, and then he... Bites Pet Shop's beak so hard the whole thing just shatters. Yeah. And I had I mentioned this to you too. There's a little bit earlier on where like Iggy Sword just like, oh, that bird looked like it was smiling. And I don't think Rocky understands just how malleable beaks actually are. Probably not. But tell me, have you ever seen a bird smile? Yes. No, uh, you there, haven't. The that Indian ringneck ringneck parakeet that I watch a lot of is actually able to like kind of smile. Like it definitely pitches up and it can pitch down. But what about hawks? Uh, the only time, the last time I saw a hawk was so I was driving back home and there's a bunch of fields near us. Uh, a hawk passed by over my car carrying a dead mouse, and Hell there was yeah. also a snake. A snake crossing the road like a few feet up from this and it was like this real moment I had where I was like oh damn nature is majestic and fucked up <laughs> sure like it's just great to me that I could see these two things happening at the same time but also like oh man every once in a while praying snakes. every once in a while when driving home I'll just get like an owl just swooping down in the middle of the road Oh, yeah. Uh, we get a also, lot of bats. here's the thing. Owls are huge. Yeah. People don't seem to realize that. They're like, ah, oh, just a little owl. No, owls are giant. 
Yep, they're incredibly big. Uh, that same road also gets a lot of foxes uh, crossing by, so you have to be really careful. Uh, foxes and hares, so like if you're driving at night, you really got to like keep an eye out for things just darting out. Mm -hmm. um, but when it rains, you get a ton of frogs jumping out, and those are like impossible to avoid, so you just yep. get like a lot of popping sounds boom, under boom, your car. Boom. Yep. Oh, it makes me feel so bad. Oh, I would love it. It's like popping bubble wrap. No, I I hate it, but also there's nothing I can do about it. Like Exactly. I so why not enjoy it? I'm just saying I don't I don't enjoy it, but I don't feel guilty. I enjoy it. You gotta you gotta I... take what life gives you. Write into us and tell us who you <laughs> signed with. <laughs> I'm gonna get angry letters from the ASPCA. Oh, run over <laughs> frogs in the rain. Hey, it's their fault. They, they're the ones that are in the road. I gotta get home. We have been waiting for your episode about when the dog and the bird fight, because we knew you were going to say something. It's not cruelty if they don't feel anything. Uh, well, Pet Shop's not feeling much of anything anymore, because he's dead. Apparently. I guess. I, I mean, I think the thing also just says, like, he's retired, which... No. It says dead. Okay. Oh, okay. I guess it also I calls just... him the bastard bird. Well, it's not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, then with the, the kid finds him, we have the whole thing, like, Cat Cohen shows him, my eyes! And... But wait, no, because after he uh, chomps on Pet Shop, he's, like, floating in the river. He's, like, having these flashbacks. He's like, Oh no, what have I done with my life? <laughs> and showing like his entire life story of him like fighting on the streets and becoming king of dogs and then getting captured and meeting Joseph and Avdol. And Avdol yeah. giving him a, a coffee gum. And I like it. Yeah. So, blah, 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 kid shows up, blah, 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 cat going, blah, 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 eyeballs, blah, 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 six shades. Shades. Uh, Iggy jumps out of Joseph's arms and starts leading the group to Dio's mansion because at this point, Iggy is just like, all right, I didn't really want to deal with any of this, but this Dio guy has pissed me off now and all this craziness is his fault, so I'm in it. In it to win it. Yeah, and so the the group nears Dio's mansion, and then this fucked up car, Wario's car, is towed by. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh no. <laughs> I'm just now realizing. Definitely not getting that money back. <laughs> sure. Oh, man. Uh, but there's this neat little, like, uh, montage covering their journey there. Yeah, like and this just... again is like this—it's like an end of season thing, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we've fought a lot of guys to get here, and it's showing clips from the whole thing, and then they pose in front of it. It's like yeah. you guys—you have like six episodes left here. I I like how it reaffirms everyone's motivations. Like, is Joseph? <laughs> I want to say my dog. Honoref. Yeah. <laughs> Honoref, you know, he made me feel fear and I want to overcome my fears. Avdol, I no, under I recognize evil. Honoref was oh, mad that, that that's he Ke put the flesh bud in him and uh, made him act against and, his righteous nature. That's that's right. I'm sorry, Kakyoins, I think, was more to do with fear. 
but there's there's stuff with Palmer of coming up where like fear is an issue for him too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then Abdul's is like he wants to exterminate like the root of all evil, and then it gets to Iggy and he's just like, demand fuck it, fuck today, fuck Dio, fuck everything, <laughs> and, and then it goes to Jotaro and his is just. So I gotta beat him up, right? Yep. Duh. But yeah, I I have before um compared the structure of this part to Castlevania, and this is the part where they actually reach Castlevania, and they still have a few more boss fights before they reach Dracula. Yep. Here we go. Uh, I gotta fight. Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankie's gonna be there. You got the Grim Reaper. You got Medusa. You got mm. Shaft. Shaft always shows up. Yeah. It's a bad Shaft. Hey, watch your mouth. Let's talk about Shaft. I can dig it. Okay, so that's the end of that episode. Uh, well, not quite yet, because what? as the mansion opens up to greet them... Oh, right. Inside is a seemingly endless hallway, and then some total weirdo just levitates down it. <laughs> I forgot that was at the end of this episode. It's, it's like he's riding an invisible scooter on his way to meet them. Yeah, maybe he's on a Segway. Like, look at this nerd just rolling up to us. Ah, oh, man. But he's so great, as we soon find out. Mm-hmm. He introduces himself as Terence T. Darby. Ah, uh, but not until the next episode. Oh, okay. Right, Here, he, is, I think like, he just says he's the butler or something. Yeah, so this is actually something that starts to happen like every single episode now is the opening moments is the last moments of the previous episode. And then they like add just a little bit onto it and then they go to credits. Yeah. Like I said, th there is one episode I can think of in part four that does this, but not, like, that's it. Except for mm. the end where it's kind of just like a string of, like, four or five episodes that all go together. But, yeah, this stuff I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Especially yeah. for our purposes. There's... Yeah. Uh, there's also, um... Hmm... Never mind. We can we can get into it some Great. other time. Great job. Yeah. Uh manga anime differences. Flash flashbacks of Iggy's life are included while he sinks into the river. Okay, so that was an anime edition. I don't think it was Anime exclusive. <laughs> I don't know that, that was really a good thing. I don't know. I kinda like seeing Iggy as King of Dogs in New York. Yeah, me too. Once the Crusaders reach Dio's mansion, flashbacks are included of their previous battles leading up to this point. Okay, so same as with the, like, halfway point that was also added. Suda says, Episode 39 is the conclusion of the battle against Pet Shop. Here, Iggy is at his most virile and doesn't hesitate to throw himself at the enemy. Thus, his last attack isn't made through his stand, it's a genuine suicide attack where he leaps at the bird to directly bite its beak. The flashback scene was not bad at all, especially the, so the shot where he's surrounded by female companions when he was having a good time in America. That was funny. 
It was me who selected these frames as the storyboard manager, but the animators were the ones realizing all that. Many thanks to them. What is he talking like about? Because they were still images. I just like to imagine that Suda's sitting there screaming, No! More! More bitches for Iggy! <laughs> Give Iggy all the bitches! I can say that word because it's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a part specifically in subtitles where Iggy's like, "I just want to settle down with a hot bitch." Oh, Iggy, that's our Iggy. It's 2018, Iggy. <laughs> not, not, no, no, it wasn't. That, that was <laughs> oh, 88 right, yeah. or 90, whatever. It was 88 when it started, so I guess it's <laughs> yes. technically still 88 because it would have been a month, but. Yes, this story is set in 90-whatever. Uh-huh. The year was 1990-whatever. 1990-X. <laughs> uh, doesn't give you a whole lot of leeway there, I mean... Okay. No, but I actually kind of hope that somebody will do that. Yeah. It would uh, be pretty good. Iggy came out gravely wounded from his struggle against Pet Shop. From now on, he must walk on three legs. But at the same time, Kakuin appears, ready for duty. Here they are in front of Dio's mansion, but to really mark the spot, we had elongated this scene and added several shots to the storyboard. <clears throat> Thus, everyone remembers the battles they've made until now and ponders on the motivations that brought them to the final destination, all of that being delightfully narrated by Turu Okawa. Terence T. D'Arby makes his appearance at the very end, at the entrance hall of the mansion, which builds a transition to the next episode. Oh right, and here in trivia it does say the uh, the first opening for this part was used when they had the flashback. It reminded me of how much better that theme song was than the current mess. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, Butler introduces himself. It's younger Darby. Little Darby. Little baby, baby, baby Darby. Uh-huh. Younger brother of 10 years. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's my brother, whatever he lost, he knew the risk. What do I care? I don't care. <laughs> Good attitude to have. I, hey, I had written down here, and I don't exactly remember why, but I noted uh, the editing here is awful. Yeah, it keeps cutting back to the uh like a shot oh, of outside right. the mansion and it it's doing that constantly just switching between him talking and the same shot outside and moving like left to right and then panning right to left. It's yeah, it's yeah. really weird. It was a bit nauseating. Uh I actually kind of forgot that that's what they did, but also Yeah, it's I I keep forgetting to mention this. Throughout this whole part, I think it's only since they started the second half uh, they keep using this sound that sounds exactly like the boot-up noise for a PlayStation 2. Have you noticed that? Like, it's specifically at the beginning of both of the uh, Iggy Pet Shop episodes they use it. It's just kind of this wow. And it sounds like when you start up a PlayStation yeah. 2. Yeah, I, th I think I would need to, like, listen to the PlayStation 2 sound again, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Darby's just like, hey, everyone, check out my stand. I got one of those, too. And so, uh, like, most stand users don't do that anymore. So Star Platinum's just like, all right, I'm going to, like, punch it. But he accurately predicts uh, the first attack that Star Platinum will use uh, is, like, a left-handed punch. So Jotaro just sort of, like, stops in place. 
He's like, ah, I want to make a bet because I'm a Darby. Darby's love to bet. It's what they're known for. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also like, I'm bad at betting, though. Yeah, my brother was way better. Yeah, because Jotaro goes for a right-handed strike instead. Uh, and then Darby's stand catches it. No, he's he like, just well, moves to the left. Well, no, no, no. He still grabs his arm, though. Yeah, that's but important. you find that out later. Yeah. Well, no, you don't find it. You see him grab his arm. Uh, like, Darby has his arm. Because that's he pulls him into that hole. Oh, right. With his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's just like, oh, I lost the bet. All right. Let's go to hell. <laughs> More ill bleed references. Him. Yeah. He just pulls Star Platinum and Jotaro in this vortex. And like Hierophant and Her- Hermit try to like grab him, but that just ends up like Darby just pops his head out of this thing like a dork and is like, Alright, you're going to hell too, yoink. And she just takes Kakyoin and Joseph with him. Mm-hmm. Uh so Joseph yells to Avdol as he's falling down here, like a really good plan, which is like, set the mansion on fire if they're not back in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Seems and like they're gone a lot longer in ten minutes, too. Yeah, almost like close to half and like eh, 40 minutes. Yeah. Thereabouts. Well, even not, you know, obviously things in this aren't happening in real time. But, you know, playing a race in a racing game and then like a game of baseball seems like it would take more than 10 minutes. Like yeah. just that by itself. So I do like the burning down things. I think uh, back in part two, I had mentioned with that hotel, like, all right, if these guys are weak to the sun, then just destroy the entire structure that they're hiding in during Mm -hmm. the daylight. So, yes, like your first thing should have been, okay, Dio's in here. Let's just burn his house down. Burn it down the house. Yeah. His house is out of the ordinary. Because it's got this weird oasis in the bottom of it that uh, everyone just assumes is an illusion, which oh well, right. yeah, you might need a raincoat. Cool babies. Strange but not a stranger. Uh, Darby is just an ordinary guy with a sick doll collection. <laughs> Have you seen his dolls? Let me show you all of my dolls. They animate in a very creepy way, like flash <laughs> animation. Yeah. Like, their mouths and eyeballs and, like, all their features are taken from, like, different dolls and, like, swapped around and they're all animating wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, like, it, it is just, like, flash animation, like, how they move at a higher frame rate than everything else does. It's yeah. so weird. And I just love how so into his doll collection he is. He's just like, I'm grown, man. I love playing video games. I love collecting my dolls. This is my favorite doll. She's got really big boobs. She looks like Marilyn Monroe. This, this is, doll, he, he is a, a kid. serial killer. He killed yeah. eight people. Look at him. Man, he likes he likes talking to me about the people he killed. <laughs> I made his stethoscope. <laughs> Did it by hand. Ain't it nice? Uh, so, um, Joseph starts like, uh, Oh no! I I kind of talk about it. It's a it's a, a creepy doll collection. Oh yeah, and uh, Joseph sees the dolls, and we get a good 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so they decide to like just attack him and get things over with because like they're in a hurry and uh, Darby is like, ah, but you can't. I grabbed Joe Taro's arm earlier and that means my Stan's hand is now affixed to his arm and that means it's attached to his soul. Uh, so you're, you gotta play by my pace, fuckers. By the way, it's weird how they show the way his hand is attached to Jotaro here. It looks like he has a hand-shaped tumor growing out of his arm. Not like yeah. he has an indentation on his arm, which is usually how they... You know, that's how they convey that stuff. Oh, yeah. No. Actually, I like it, because it looks good and gross. Sure. I'm just saying, yeah. not necessarily consistent, but... Yes, yeah. Uh, so he wants to wager on video games, and he picks Kakyoin first. Uh, he's even got a horrifying doll ready for him and everything. Oh, that Kakyoin doll looks so good. It does. Uh, In fact, so Kakyoin well, speaking, chooses... Hey, speaking of Kakyoin and uh, overpriced toys, you were talking about how you were going to get all of the um, Stardust Crusaders figures. And then, I was. Well, yeah, and, and you said, like, well, I don't want, uh, I'll get all of them except for Kakuin. And I said, but does he come with the sunglasses? And at that point, I think you weren't sure about it. Uh, since then, you've found that, yes, he does. And he does, my, yeah. my point was that Kakuin without the sunglasses, I can understand, but with them, he yeah. looks way better. The, ca the sunglasses I, really tie the Kakuin together. That's true. Uh, part of why I'm trying to sell some stuff right now is because I want some spending money for like entertainment things, not just furniture and stuff like that, which I need. Uh, and that money specifically is that I do want to buy that Kakuin and Avdol. Uh, it's Joseph specifically that's like a hundred damn dollars. Hmm. The, the only person I found selling him was actually a seller that I had previously ordered the Dio figure from and they never shipped it. Oh, great. Yeah, so even for $100 for Joseph, like, I'm not buying anything through that seller. And everything, like, after that starts, like, really jumping up to, like, 150 So it's just, it's... Down. Yeah, I, I still think I would probably just buy, like, Silver Chariot, maybe Crazy Diamond. Yeah. That's okay. like worst case scenario, uh Ponoref and Silver Chariot are on their way, and like if there were ever two that I just definitely wanted to get before they ended up being like Joseph, where they're hundreds of dollars, it's those two. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Crazy Diamond, um I know you haven't well, you've seen the stand because it's there's a figure of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh Terrence Darby's stand here, Adam, looks a lot like it. Really, like it has the hearts mm. on it and everything. Yeah, there's a lot more heart iconography going on, like around Dio's mansion. Like this portion of the show is where that seems to really be taken off. Well, sure. Like it's it's been there for a while in part three, but it is like aggressive. There's hearts everywhere, and like from like what little I know past part three, seems like that doesn't ever really go away. Not really. So, uh, they select, or Kakyoin chooses a game called F-Mega, and the voice acting in this game is the absolute best English I have heard in my life. Select your cur. 
Like that that had to have been intentional. Oh god, it, like, it had it, to it, have it must be like a reference to the bad English of old video games. I hope so. Uh so uh you know, this whole race thing is interesting. Like, they made this racing video game actually fun to watch and very dynamic. It's a little weird that they're playing what is obviously, like, Super Famicom cartridges, but these are 3D video games. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. I-, I was actually thinking the most, or the least they could have done was just add, like, a pixelization filter over it. Maybe it make it look a little bit more like F-Zero. Man, this Mode 7 is dope. Um, yeah, exactly. Just make it look at least maybe a little bit like Mode 7. Uh, yeah. But it's the same way in the book, too. Like, it, it looks way too realistic for a Super Famicom game. So, uh, Darby's able to rapidly press the ignition button, which gives him, like, a huge boost, and so there's this sort of fake-out where it's like, oh, Darby is, like, a master of this game. There's no way Kakuin can defeat him. And then we find out that uh, Kakuin is some... Weird fucking speedrunner kid. Mm-hmm. Kekuin <laughs> loves F Zero. F Mega, please. Oh, sorry. Nintendo's going to send us a letter, and we're going to have to take this podcast down. I want a controller like the ones they use here, where the D pad yeah, has arrows too. pointing in each direction. I'm sure it is it's... terrible to use. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he starts spinning his car around, and like the, there's a whole bunch of weird tricks and stuff, and they kind of go back and forth doing this for a while. Um, and during all this, we get a little flashback of like Catcoin actually getting the flesh bud put in his head, just to sort of like you know reaffirm that he's determined to go face Dio. So like someone like Darby is not going to defeat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eventually, they enter a boost tunnel that is only big enough for one car at a time. Uh, and Kakuoin sort of, like, flings himself in there at the same time anyway, but he's driving on, like, the ceiling and the wall. Yeah, it's like that part in uh, Men in Black where they use the boost in the tunnel, and they go upside yeah. down, and there's the part where um, it's supposed to be... Who's Will Smith? J? K. K. Uh, no, he's it... J. Oh, yes, J, because it goes backwards, because Rip Torn was said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Jay, uh, it's supposed to be his feet, except the legs are white, so it's obviously a stuntman. <laughs> I never noticed that. Really? It's yeah, super obvious. Oh my god, obvious. no, I didn't. That is amazing. I, man. Yeah, it's just Tommy Lee Jones reason. there, like, bopping his head back and forth and white legs next to him. White legs Smith, they call him. So... Uh, they jump out of this tunnel, but Kakuin has less energy left, so Darby manages... No, no, that's how they get into the tunnel. Ah, anyway, they jump out of this tunnel, and Kakuin's like a full car behind, and everyone's like, oh no, Darby's got the advantage. Whatever will we do? Kakuin's gonna become a doll. Ah. And then... Ah. Uh, that That's when Kakuin does the... Oh no, they go no, through another the tunnel. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's it. It's just the cliffhanger is yeah. oh no, Darby's ahead. So Okay. Uh Manga anime differences? A scene where Dio seduces Kakuin to his side is expanded upon. Flesh buds. 
Yeah. Suda says, I owe that one under mind underscore control. Suda says, We're about Make sure to get tag everything. <laughs> We're about to get into serious business leading to the finale, but alas, the first fight is via a video game. Ha 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 ha. Terrence's dolls were animated by Reki Taki, who is really one of Hirohiko Araki's old assistants. We didn't get to him through Shueisha or anything, it was pure luck. He had found himself among us via a completely different path, but thanks to him, the dolls are all the more successful and creepier. For the Just racing... wandered into the building one day. <laughs> there's a different, there's a specific page for Reki Taki. I'm gonna look at him for a second. Um, he's an artist credited for his work on the TV adaptation of uh, Stardust Crusaders and Diamond is Unbreakable. His line art is often inserted into the anime or used for promotional purposes. Oh, Taki's work consists primarily of Japanese adult comics. Hentai. Cool. <laughs> Co-produced alongside his partner Hirohisa Onikubo. A former assistant to Araki, the two distribute doujinshi to various outlets while also occasionally providing illustrations for animation. Oh, no. Imagine all the adventures doll Kakuin's going to get up to with that Marilyn Monroe in there. Oh, no. Alright, well. Uh, okay, back to Suda. You know, my joke about mind underscore control just took on a whole new level. Hmm. For the racing oh, video no. game, we decided to make everything in 3D. Some of us would have preferred to make it with traditional drawings, draw, drawings, but I won't dare imagine the exertion and hard work we would have to endure for these parts. In fact, people were wondering if we really could render a video game from the 80s in 3D. Even if it's a good question, let's say that the end justifies the means. Ha 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 ha. I mean, wouldn't that be the means oh, justifying the end? Because the point mm, yeah, is that I don't it would know be that's way harder. Trans... I don't know if that's a translation or just a pseudo thing. Who could say? <laughs> that that sums up all of these. Who yeah. knows if it's a translation or just pseudo being a freak? Is it the ends justify the pseudo or the pseudo justifies the ends? We'll never know. Makes you think. Makes you think. Building the racetrack for F Mega was really interesting. The game session itself was rather enjoyable. The stands pummeling the buttons without reason, Joseph being completely invested in what he's seeing, the sensation of absolute speed coming out of the game. What a fun atmosphere. Yeah, oh, it was a good oh, episode. Oh, hey, here's some trivia for you. The graphics on Darby's video games were converted in full 3D, which wasn't technically possible for gaming consoles in the late 80s. Thanks, whoever dumbass put that there. Wow, no shit. Thanks. Such a cool trivia fact. I'm going to put together a video. It's 108 facts you should know about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Fact number one uh, is written and drawn by Hirohiko Araki. Fact number two stands. There, thing. Fact number three that video game is 3D. That weren't possible in the 80s. I'm looking at the edit okay. history of this to figure out who the hell put that there so I can publicly <laughs> shame them. 
<laughs> I really dislike those videos, by the way, the ones that are just like over 100 facts that any fan should know. And then it's like, yeah, any fan should know these because you found like the most, like you read the Wikipedia article mm-hmm. and you broke it down into bullet points. Yep. Like, here's a fact you should know. Here's the date of publication for Phantom Blood. Okay, next episode. Come on. All right. All right. Well, I thought you were still looking for that name. I am, but we're not Digging going to deep. just okay, sit here right, right, while right. I'm looking. Well, I thought that you were going to cut the silence out. No. no uh, I'm going to do less editing than I have to. Um, okay. Kakyoin points out that he has more power left. Uh, so while he was lagging a full car behind, he did it intentionally. So he could spin and knock Darby off the track. Uh, and Darby anticipated this, though. And employed six speed run strats because his car is actually propelled to the other end of the track. I have a username. Eckle Sachs is the person who put that in there. Thanks, Eckle, for assuming that we're all dumb shits. He has done 8,332 edits to the JoJo Wiki, which makes me think uh, he might be responsible for everything we hate about the JoJo Wiki. Yep. All right, public enemy number one, we've identified him. That's right, Eccles Sachs, we're calling you out. That's thousands of things that one day we will have to fix as the uh, <laughs> sole stewards and lore masters of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Jesus Christ. A show we often do not remember things about after watching it the day before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Number one exploits uh, right here. Yeah. yeah, people came here for expert, accurate commentary. They come here for cold, hard facts. Yeah. So there was this bit in RoboCop 3. Uh, like, what's with Dr. Lazarus? Like, was that I've... her name in the previous movies? Because it's so on the nose. I don't know. I... Probably. And then that one dude, he always shows up and he's just like, Hey, toots! Put this microchip in RoboCop's head. Hunga munga, what a great ass. I mean, do you remember the part in uh, the first Superman movie where Superman's on the street and there's a pimp that comes up to him and he's like, man, that is one bad outfit. No, I don't. I've never seen that movie. That actually happens. I've never seen any of the original Supermans. First two are good. Uh, uh, so I've heard every time I kind of just see footage of them, I think it looks boring. But I think that's also just because I inherently find Superman to be very boring. The first one has boy penis in it too, which is strange. Uh... <laughs> Stop putting boy penis into things. God. Mm. Well, you can just skip to two because two's better also. It doesn't have the origin stuff, oh, which but is then which, But then which cut do I watch? Is Blade Runner all over again, damn it? Uh, probably regular, because I think the Donner one's actually missing a lot of stuff, because it's only stuff he shot. I can't remember how I found this out, but like just this night I was uh, listening to some stuff about Superman Returns and finding out that it's... like I knew it followed up Superman 2, but it's specifically the Richard Donner cut. Okay. Uh, also, not a good movie. No, 
It's not. What what if we made it so Superman like never punched anybody? What if we have Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor? Yeah, sure, and he goes Kryptonite at one point. Kevin Spacey's like the one great thing about that movie. He he is, yeah. Yeah. So, uh he jumps to the other side of the on track. On the set of Superman Returns, Kevin Spacey was just rolling around in a golf cart yelling at people with a bullhorn about how he was going to kill Superman. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's a shame about Kevin Spacey's whole uh thing. Is it? I like him in stuff and uh me too, Man. and you know what? I still do, because guess what? Yeah. What he did, one, wasn't actually that bad. Two, was known to be a thing with him for a long time. No, no. Like, he was known to be an asshole to everybody. It was known that he loves twinks. So, what a <laughs> surprise. Uh, his car goes to the other side of the track, and then Darby sticks his head out. And he has a bullhorn, he's like, I'm gonna kill Jotaro! Oh, we're still doing this. I thought you were going back to the episode. Uh, sort of. Come on, It's a clunky it. segue, but I'm trying to get back on with it. So, uh, when this happens, Kakyoin is just done. He admits defeat in his mind, and his soul binds to the doll. And uh, Darby's just like, hey, better not attack me, because if I were to slip on a banana peel and hit my head, if I choked on a piece of gum, or if I experienced a heart attack brought on by a bag of popcorn popping, then the dolls would perish too. Do they look really like, like one that... of those Kakuin dolls, by the way? I do not know, and God, I hope they do. Yeah... I hope when you squeeze it, it makes that horrible, like, cacuoin scream. Yeah, I, I really want one. Uh, yeah, so this cacuoin doll is just, like, groaning and moaning and screaming. It, like, uh, and... more than the other ones, the cacuoin one looks like something out of the Puppet Master movies. I love it. Oh, yes. Oh, the Puppet Master movies are... They're all bad, but I love them. Love gonna see the children. new one, Puppet Masters, uh, the yep. the third Reich or whatever. Yeah, I have mentioned this before, uh, but I do I do not think on this podcast specifically. Uh, there is a trailer for um, Puppet Master versus the Living Dolls. I think is no, the name of it. it. Uh, Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. That's it. Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. It is hands down the best movie trailer that has ever been made. Greatest of all time, I do not think anybody will ever outdo that trailer. What about the trailer for the David Fincher girl with the dragon tattoo? That's a really Does good that... trailer. That is, but... I mean, it's but... kind of comparing apples to oranges here. Like, an actual yeah. good artistic trailer versus uh, endless trash, like that Doll Man versus Demonic Toys thing, <laughs> which is hilarious. It really is. It's so damn good. Look it up. Uh, so yeah, the, there's. Uh, speaking of this, uh, Jotaro is up next, and he ends up. Um, so the arm or the hand on his arm is let go of because now the wager is the Kakuin doll, and so there's this like uh, cut 
like this three frame overlay where the left side of hers is Jotaro and it's like dun and then like Darby on the right and it's another dun and then it's just the Kakyoin doll and it fucking screams. Uh-huh. Uh so they Jotaro picks his baseball game and they put it in and this is my favorite line of English in the show and similar to the Dollman trailer, I don't know if it could ever be outdone. It is, oh, that's a baseball. <laughs> I thought it was going to be when they select their teams and Jotaro selects yeah. the Jaguars and it says, Jaggers. And uh, the Red Dragons. Yeah, well, that one's not too far, but Jaggers yeah, is Yeah, it's way still off. pretty. Still, though, just, oh, that's a baseball. Yeah. Uh, I watched this clip in English because I was curious, like, how it would have sounded. They weirdly tried to emulate the English. That makes sense. Like, I think they realized it was just too good not to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it also makes me question, like, maybe you should have just not swapped out the actor at that point. I wonder if they have to. I I would think that they do. Because otherwise, like, um, they would have to pay that Japanese guy. You know what, though? Pay the man. Pay the man his money. <laughs> pay, pay the man for his work. It was good work. Yeah. So, uh, it also turns out, by the way, Jotaro sucks at video games. He's just a real Brad Shoemaker. <laughs> oh, man. He's just sitting here just pushing the button over and over again. It's like, nah, I got this. Oh, man. I just like how lifelong delinquent and the one thing that he didn't do was waste time playing video games. The weird thing is, though, didn't he have a Game Boy in his cell at the beginning? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it's like, I've never played a video game before. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, this just keeps going on until Jotaro's down to his, like, last swing on the uh, first inning, and he says, I've pretty much mastered swinging. Yep. And earlier on, he's like, oh, I'll figure out the controls as I go. And Darby's just watching him just sitting there mashing the swing button over and over. <laughs> Joseph is freaking out. Yeah, and yeah, Joseph just like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? Have you ever seen a video game before? Have you ever played a video game before? What are you doing? I think it's great that Joseph knows about video games. Yeah, this 80-year-old man is apparently real hip on video games, and yeah. damn it, Joseph is just the best. <sighs> He's just the best. Yeah. So, uh... It turns out that Jotaro does end up mastering the swing because he starts hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. Home and run! He gets, like, three... I think, like, four home runs total, and then Joseph starts getting in Darby's face about just, like, giving up and letting Kakuin go. And there's a good shot here of the Kakuin doll just groaning in response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh man is Jotaro is actually great at this game you're going to lose you should just let us go and then Kakuin's over there just going like oh but but Darby switches things around he turns the tables and he also shares this uh 
little story about how his brother once tried to steal his girlfriend, so he beat him senseless until he vomited blood and could yeah. only say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's like, Anz, I'm sorry wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, and so older Darby never challenged him to games because he feared that, uh, like, he didn't know what his younger brother was capable of. Playing, uh, playing baseball real good, it turns out. Yeah. That's, uh-huh, and hitting men 10 years a senior. Uh, like a real piece. tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I like that one of these pitchers' name is just Oil Crown. I didn't notice that. Yeah, no, I went through all of them. Most of them are fine, but one of them is just named Oil Crown. Why are baseball names so good? But the sport is so bad? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, Raleigh Fingers. Uh, Satchel yeah, Jose Page. Jose Canseco. What? No, not Jose great name, A great name for a great man. Coco Crisp. That's a baseball player. Uh, my favorite Jose Canseco story is that thing about him, like, having his finger chopped <laughs> off, and he just sort of <laughs> tapes it back on and just falls off <laughs> no it, it was that he got it sewn back on and they told him not to use it and he did anyway and it came off again <laughs> but i think like did that come out he just like tweeted something that was just like oh my finger just fell off yep send that uh, out to the Twitterverse. So, yeah instead of calling 911 or something no uh, jose's a smart so boy did, yeah Darby's just like, I'm going to throw a fork ball straight down the middle, uh, which Jotaro goes to hit, and it's caught by the shortstop, and Jotaro is out of there. So Jotaro's like uh, uncertain of something. Um, he and Joseph kind of get this idea that like Darby Stan has a hidden second power because uh, he's able to accurately predict his moves. Uh, and then I wrote here that uh, because he has soul binding powers, I assume that he's able to like read people's souls and their motives. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So uh Yeah. But but, but I switch places here, here and I was thinking, so Joseph is pitching now, and he thinks, okay, well, if he's going to hit these balls and then always oh, a he... pitcher, right? Huh? Nothing, nothing. Let's move on. Uh, he says, if he's going to hit these balls, then I am going to subscribe to the Vinny Caravella School of Baseball Video Games and just constantly hit the batter. <laughs> just, like, aim straight for him. And Joseph is like, uh, wow, he's just aiming directly for the batter. And even then, Darby just, like, zooms out of the way and then hits exactly where the ball was. Yeah, and he's calling his shots too. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna. This is gonna be like a pop fly to the left stands," and he's getting every single one of them. That's what. Uh, uh, that's not what a pop fly is. Yeah, I might not understand baseball. If it's in the stands, then it's a home run or a foul. It's not a pop fly. Uh, I know I misspoke. But also, like, for real, baseball is intensely boring to watch, and so I've retained very little about baseball. The main problem I have with baseball 
is that the whole thing of catching fly balls. It seems to me like you should be rewarded if you can hit the ball higher. Mm. Like, keep it in the air longer, you should be able to run more bases. Yeah. I don't know. I just mostly think it's so slow-paced it gets really boring to watch. Oh, yeah. Plus, I'm at a stadium. Uh, In in which case, uh, I actually really like the stadium experience because stadium food is amazing. It's way too damn expensive, but it's really good. So, no, no, no. What if they made arena baseball? Like arena football. What if there were like giant signs in the air and so you apply your thing of, well, if you hit higher, you score higher. Maybe you hit like a sign that's like 10 points. They could still get you out, but you got the points. Hmm. How about that, huh? What if you just stripped away the game aspect of it and just made it Ninja Baseball Batman? Now you're talking. That's something I could get behind. So, uh, Darby hits another, and Jotaro takes off his hat, and he whispers, My hat. My hat! Uh, So, uh, by the way, probably knows by now, for whatever reason, uh, Larry and I get a real kick out of people's hats falling off, and them just yelling, My hat! My hat! It's up there with inflatable raft humor and obvious dummy humor. Yep, and souffle humor. Yes, yeah. Classic comedy. Uh, so From the Marx Brothers. Just, that's, that's right. <laughs> so Joseph assumes, oh, exploding cigars are also fantastic. I don't mm. see enough of those anymore. Yeah. So Joseph assumes that... Uh, Remember Jotaro... how they tried to assassinate Fidel Castro <laughs> with an exploding cigar? Just try to straight would up have... Looney Tunes murder him? <laughs> would have been the ultimate gag. Uh, so Joseph assumes that Jotaro thinks that Darby is watching him, uh, watching his screen from the reflection in his eyes or from the sounds of his fingers on the gamepad, but uh, Joseph has detected no such cheating, unlike the elder Darby. Young Darby's just super good uh, and maybe has a hidden second stand power, you know, whatever. But that's so, not cheating, I guess. I don't know. No. Uh, so Jotaro says that uh, he took his hat off because he's sweaty and nothing more, and then he declares his next pitch uh, and reiterates it to Joseph, who is very confused. The episode ends. So here's a question. You yes. have watched ahead past this. Do you want to just talk about the end of the Darby fight now or save that for next week? Uh, let's talk about it now, and then we can pick up in, like, the middle of the next episode. Okay. Because here's the thing. They named these episodes poorly. And, yeah. like, half of the next episode, called uh, The Miasma of the Void Vanilla Ice, or Cool Ice, depending on which version you have, is yeah, mostly just Yeah, you're watching Darby. the suck-ass version of this, Cool Ice. How dare you. I'm not gonna go to your weird Russian bootleg site. But the site told me how I could meet Asians in my area, and they're down to fuck. They want to fuck, Larry. Mm. Okay, I might go over there then. <laughs> they also got games that I would enjoy if I'm a fan of video games, specifically from the year 1986. Like, like what? Like F-Mega? <laughs> 
it's a boat game. Like, that's the thing, is it's just a picture of a boat. Boat game? Not even a video game. Boat is just a real boat. It's not even, oh, that's a baseball? Oh, that's a boat! <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a baseball. <laughs> oh my god, I need to remember what that whole thing is, that anime that it was like... I think there was, like, some really grotesque scene or something, and they had to cut it, and so it was just cut to, like, footage of a boat? School days. Yeah, I think it's just, like, there was a subtitle that was, like, that's a nice boat, or something like that. <laughs> no, n n uh, I don't think that was actually in the original show. I think people added nice boat to it after it. Oh. I mean, it is a nice boat. Yeah, that's one of those Yandere series where, like, she cuts the boyfriend's head off or whatever, and, yeah, like, the the last episode just had a big chunk of just boat footage. God. Uh, Japan censorship is wild. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah, so let's just... Uh, just go ahead and talk well, about the rest of this, because there actually isn't that yeah. much left happening. Nope. Uh, so Darby reveals to the audience uh, that he can read people's souls. It's almost like I got it in one. Yeah. Uh, like, so I legitimately did, like, theorize that to myself, and then I did watch ahead, and yeah. So I, uh, so, uh, but the I way actually that... haven't watched this episode yet. I just remember it from the book. But uh, on screen, does it have floating yes 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 okay yeah and it, it looks like a 90s trapper keeper oh nice. like it's all inverted and squiggly lines and then the words popping up going yes 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 yeah. yes just daniel bryan style just yes yeah. yes okay so uh jotaro throws a change up uh, and darby is tricked because he thought he just read him uh but he hits the ball, and I think like an infielder grabs it and throws it to first, and he scores an out. And then uh, Jotaro makes the same call, and it's more yeses. And so then Darby's just like, Jotaro, are you cheating? And the answer is, I do. I do. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> so I think in, uh, in the manga, it was just yes or no. Mm. I think. Because I think uh, the whole thing was he had to ask like a yes or no question. In order to get yeah, well, that's that's still the case, but yeah, this one bit is I do, I do, yeah. I am, I am, I am. Okay. Uh, but Darby's like super freaking out, just like perhaps another Darby before him. Whoa! Because the next pitch is called, and it also changes at the last second. Uh, and so he asks Jotaro if he did anything to the console. And the answer is no, 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 no. Uh, he says he knows for a fact Jotaro is cheating. Uh, and he demands no how, but that's, like, where it's, like, he can only do yes or no. So if he asks him something specifically, like, how are you doing this, he cannot answer. Okay. Or he cannot cannot read it, rather. Uh, and this is how Joe Taro figures out, like, okay, Darby is mind-reading questions, and they can only be answered by yes or no. So he throws back the elder Darby's line about how it's only cheating if you get caught. And, uh... So, like, Darby eventually, like, just has enough of this, and he's like, I'm calling a break, I'm expecting, I'm inspecting your console, I'm taking a look at everything, you're up to something, I don't trust you. Uh, he's starting to, like, visibly age, just like the other Darby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So he starts like just bombarding him with questions that are being met with like yes or no answers until he eventually is like, are you still cheating? And the answer is yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, so Chitaro hits like another home run and Darby loses his grip on Kakuin's soul. Uh, and it returns to his body. He's like, no, no, I didn't admit defeat. It's like, ah, what's going on? Yeah, he did. Uh, In his heart, he admitted defeat. He did, but he, he's he got his pride, man. He doesn't want to admit it. Uh, and by so, the way, so I really like how the way they're cheating here is just the simplest way. Yeah, it's just that Hermit Purple is inside the video game. and Or no, not inside the no, video game, but like... controlling it. It's holding the controller, yeah. So when Jotaro is making his, like, uh, he's calling what he's going to do... The reason why he's able to trick uh, Darby into thinking that it's going to actually be followed through on is because in his heart, that is the play he would make. Mm -hmm. But then Hermit Purple is pushing different buttons because Joseph is just playing the game opposite of whatever Jotaro is saying he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Joseph knows about video games. Yeah, Joseph knows his way around a video game. Uh... (laughs) So yeah, um, Joseph and Jotaro then turn to Darby and they're like, we got unfinished business. Uh, we need to beat you to death. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of my favorite parts in the book. There's um, a bit where he's... where It shows him uh, looking at their souls and he's saying, uh, Why, are, are you going to beat me up? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, are you going to use your aura, aura, aura? Yes. Yes, 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 yes! <laughs> and then there's this great bit where, like, after Jotaro's yeses come out, Joseph says out loud, Yes, 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 oh my god. Yep, that is also in the book. Just printed there in English. <laughs> uh, so yeah, or he gets aura aura and breaks through the damn sky, uh-huh. uh, which reveals a way out. And uh, that is pretty much it for Darby. Uh, I don't think they actually show all the souls leaving the other dolls, though, so... Ah, they're fine. <laughs> no, they are not. They'll be fine. Oh, the, ser- the serial killer one is probably having a good time. The other ones... Uh... Well, also remember, their bodies would be dead by now, so... It's, it's just Sometimes, like the other Darby where it's like the souls can pass on and they're not coming back to life. Sometimes dead is better. Anyway, uh, for the... Pet cemetery. Yeah, because we had pet shop as animals in this episode. Oh, look at that. I put them in a wagon. <laughs> uh, episode 41, Manga Anime Differences. Three scenes where Terrence hits his elder brother were added. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's a good addition. Uh, <laughs> Suda says, Episode 41 begins with the end of the car race. Kakuin loses rapidly and gets his soul stolen as soon as he admits defeat. It is Jotaro's turn, who chooses to fight with a baseball game. Baseball here with a hyphen between base and ball. Yeah, that's how uh, that's spelled. You know, it's almost as if, though, whoever added this to the wiki could have decided to take that out. Or maybe they just uh, took it upon themselves to add that in. 
The ball it's throwing, a mystery. The ball-throwing shots were realized by the action animation director Fumiaki Kota, who had notably made research by observing real games. Let's add that one of the animators for this episode, Hirotaka Ito, is a genuine baseball fan. He's made all sorts of verifications. I think it made for a rather dynamic result on screen. That said, there are only home runs, and you can find the match a little bland on the sports side. Well, I mean, uh, accurate to baseball, so... Yeah, everything I know about baseball I learned from Eastbound and Down, which has very little actual baseball in it. Oh, so it's watchable. Uh, it is, it's actually a very funny show. Hmm. Kenny Powers. Again, Jotaro shows really impressive bluffing skills. Thinking about it, I even feel that he only wins his battles through bluffs. Ha 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 ha. Of course, he has his physical strength, but he also has nerves of steel, and thus all the qualities of a great protagonist. Except for the part where he is, uh, not even really a protagonist. Finally, the games with Terrence do not last two, but three episodes. Like in the manga, everyone has their little tactics we must develop one at a time, and everything takes up more screen time than we imagined. I think only a few of us had thought we would use three episodes for the video game part. You and me both, Suda. In fact, maybe you should have... Maybe named the next episode, I don't know, Darby the Player Part 3 slash Vanilla Ice Part 1 or something. I You honestly could just make it Part 3... And that's it, because when Vanilla Ice really starts to get going, you could just have his done in two parts, which has been, like, the the way this has been paced out up to now. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to um go to Actually, this... I guess... What? God, because that's weird, too, because... um, God, I don't know, because it's still paced bad after this. Like, it's still... We had too much content, and it spilled over. Because yeah. I wanted to just check that this next chunk wasn't going to be the same thing, where we then ended up having to watch, like, we either did one part of another string of episodes and ended on this big cliffhanger, or was the other way around, where we ended and we didn't finish what we started on, and I might need to ask you about what we're doing again, but it sort of seems like that's maybe going to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll find out when we get there. But I will note it like in the episode title, I'm going to make this one uh, you know, thirty eight through forty one plus part of forty two. Because it's kinda just I don't know. Forty two part A. <laughs> yeah. Please check the amendum on forty two part B. Yeah, the trivia here on the next episode says despite the title, Vanilla Ice himself does not appear until eleven minutes into the episode and only very briefly. Yep. Um, but Suda says, I'm just going to read his part about Darby. Here we are at the yes, yes part you all have been waiting for. I know a lot of people wanted to see this scene which has a cult following, and it was a priority for us during the episode's production. The famous, you're going to aura aura me, won't you, at the end of the fight cannot be missed, and Terrence gifts us with a completely grotesque but brilliant face. Okay, the rest of this is about the rest of that episode, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, having watched that, there is just the one scene where Vanilla Ice is giving his orders, and then there is a little bit at the end, and, like, that's it for him, really. Okay. So, well, it's... As, as of now, next week's will be episodes 42 
the rest of 42 through 44, which would be the Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice, or Cool Ice, parts 1 through 3. And we'll see if maybe we end up having to do another part of 45 or something. I don't know. But I don't I don't think that we do. I think that I was a little confused that we would end up ending on the first part of Dio's stuff, but it sounds like uh sounds like it'll just be a short episode because we had to kind of chop the first little bit off of that vanilla ice episode. Yeah, and it's only three episodes anyway. Um yeah. but then the next week will be the last <laughs> week of part three. Yeah, which is a five part banger. No, four. I think? Oh no, okay. Yeah, it's just four. 45 through 48, because they're uh, Dio's World, part one through three, and then the last episode, Long Travels, Goodbye My Friend. Uh, That's right. So that's kind of why I wanted to you know, not just do the whole Vanilla Ice episode here, so we have a little bit there, and then we can have more for the last week. So... Okay, mm. next week, most of 42 through 44. And we'll... Yay! Okay. More JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait uh, so much that I'm probably just going to, like, marathon these because uh, from what little I've seen of Vanilla Ice, I am uh, pretty excited about his character. Vanilla Ice is very cool. Just like Pet Shop. Yeah. Until then, though. Or James Hurley. James Hurley has always been cool. What? No! Huh? No, that's not true at all! He's super cool. Everyone knows. Yeah, those two episodes where he, like, fucked off to Canada were the most cool. Uh Uh-huh. Just working on his bike and banging 40-year-olds. I mean, did you see that 40-year-old? I don't blame him. No, because uh, I got like so far into that episode and then I checked whether or not this had any bearing on anything else that was going on, found out it did not, and decided to stop watching. Really? Yeah. Uh, I feel like you have to experience all of that to really no. know how bad Twin Peaks got. No, I'm good. I don't need to experience any amount of any of that. Okay. Ugh. <sighs> James Hurley just wants to live quietly. Yeah. Just like Iggy. Alright, well, join us uh, next time on The Next Stand and Deliver where we watch the two James Hurley episodes of Twin Peaks. It's about time. It's all been leading up yeah. to this. We're gonna have to fill an hour somehow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do that David Cage discussion then. I don't know. No. Why? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.